0: It's time for Mac Geekab. and listener and also my son, Lucas, brings us our quick tip of the week. He pointed out to me he had something. In fact, we were getting ready for our trip to Italy and installing our QR codes for our eSIM plans on our phones. And those QR codes for this particular plan we chose came in via email And so I did mine on my laptop so that I could scan it with my phone because you got to scan it with your phone in order for your phone to like start to process and ingest the eSIM and do all of its stuff. He opened up that same email on his watch, his Apple watch, and scanned it. From his phone's camera on his watch and was able to do it that way. So if you need to scan a QR code that you get on a web page or in an email, you can do it on your watch. Take a screenshot of it if it's on the web page from your phone. Put it in photos. Now your watch can see the photo. Boom, you're good to go. More tips like this plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek App 965 for Monday, January 23rd, 2023. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Mac Geek Cab, the show where you send in tips like that, we share them. You send in cool stuff found, we share them. We share some cool stuff found of our own. That's software and hardware that we find that's like, you know, cool, or that you find that's cool. You also send in your questions, we share those. We try to share answers for your questions too. The goal being we put it all together so that every time we get together, we each learn at least five new things. Sponsors for this episode... Include Collide at kolide.com slash MGG. That's where you can go to get device security that uses Slack to educate your users. It's cool. It's like you your your users can learn five new things about the security of your workplace. Factor at factormeals.com slash MGG60 to get 60% off your first box. And uh, wildgrain.com slash MGG. You get these awesome baked from frozen uh, like sourdough bread and and croissants and all this cool stuff we'll talk more in depth about each and every one of those shortly here for now here feeling much better in Durham New Hampshire before I head off to Italy I'm Dave Hamilton oh hang on I hey. muted I muted those guys John hey, hey how are you say hi hello <laughs> and and tell them who you are they didn't hear anything
1: you said uh, this is John F. Braun in Fairfield, Connecticut. Hello.
2: And here in Lee, New Hampshire, it's Pilot Pete. Good to be back. Interesting, Dave. I don't think John knew because our symbology did not show you muted us, even though said you were going to.
0: Well, the, the, Oddly the, enough, the, just The, vid- the yeah. video channel was not muted, which is what you get to see. I muted the audio channel because uh, somebody on uh, somebody on that end, a.k.a. you or John, was making noise when I was doing the the about to do the intro so
2: yeah I just... the pre-show getting ready to go yeah you know? exactly. so apologies up front i have uh, solar installers drilling through my roof my dog is not happy with them so <laughs> you're either going to hear a drill or a dog or something from my end at some point i will try to ride that mute button religiously today but uh, <laughs> in the event i don't hey i wonder ha- if I apple comes you... out with a folding iphone can you take a picture of your own qr code on the
0: iphone oh. next fall Oh yeah. <laughs> it needs to be like a bendable iPhone, not just folding. Yeah. Like you got to be able to yeah, <laughs> right. I like that idea. Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Hey, so Pete, yeah. I I uh it turns out I I had lied because I was misled uh in the last episode. While well, I had a what what I thought was a positive faintly positive COVID test the day before we recorded the last show, uh that was an island in a sea of negatives that happened the day before that and for 4 days after that. So Whatever I had was not COVID. I think it was the flu, but man, it kicked my butt, but I'm feeling better. The last 24 hours, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 17th, the last 24, even 36 hours. I haven't taken any like cold meds or, you know, anything to sleep or anything like that. And it's worked out. All right. How are you feeling? Uh,
2: My cough is certainly hanging in there, but thank goodness we recorded. I think it was Thursday last instead of Friday. Friday I could barely move. I was in utter misery most of the day and
0: That was me uh, on also, Thursday when uh, we were negative, negative and negative. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well
2: not lots of negative uh, COVID tests. I even got a negative flu test, but my quack still thinks it was probably the uh, flu he goes, I treat the symptoms, not the yeah, yeah. not the test result.
0: Yeah, so. right, right, right.
2: Uh, but I'm I'm glad to be mostly past it. The cough has chosen to hang with me. So
0: well, that sucks. I'm- another
2: reason to ride the mute button
0: yeah exactly well i'm sorry to hear that the cough is uh is fighting you man john you you remained unscathed after ces in that regard as
1: far as i can tell i used one of the free test kits that the government is still providing though not for long (laughs) and i came out positive and i i came out positive uh, i'm sorry negative okay
0: you said that which, so cheerfully. Which is a positive thing. Yeah, so that is a you said it in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and uh and but no symptoms like you didn't wind up with whatever flu thing that Pete and I wound up with. John.
1: Uh no. And Amazing. That's great. I mean we've we've been through this with trade shows, Dave. Is oh that, yeah. They they called it the Macworld uh mackerel crud
0: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah we had the we had the ces crud or as i was talking to somebody today they were like oh you went to CES," and i'm like yeah and it felt Mm -hmm. like i waded through the CES pool and got some some crud from that so yeah yeah anyway this morning that we're recording which is last tuesday if you're listening to this the day it's released apple announced all kinds of new stuff they uh they they've got their well two new chips the M2 Pro and the M2 Max and then updates to two of the product lines I'll call it the Mac Mini product line and the MacBook Pro product line the um the the chips are uh so we've had the M2 for a little while now we have the M2 Pro and the M2 Max uh the M2 Pro goes up to a 12-core CPU and a 19-core GPU and up to 32 gigs of uh, of unified memory. And the M2 Max takes that up to a 38-core GPU, uh, double the memory bandwidth, and up to 96 gigs of unified memory. So uh, they've, they've both got, a uh, they say, a faster 16-core neural engine, and so bringing all of that performance to us, which is great, like just the next gen of these chips that can go better, faster, bigger, it matters uh with RAM, right, because now RAM is part of Apple's system on a chip, so i it, th- these upgrades are meaningful not just from a speed standpoint but also from you know how much RAM you can you can put uh, on your Mac, which we haven't been able to change so You just answered the ahead, first Keith, question I
2: had. Yeah, so you answered that first question I had then when you say unified memory that's ram right on the chip itself.
0: That's how the all the Apple Silicon the M1 is this way too. It's yeah. the the yeah. CPU, the GPU, the RAM and the SSD are all baked like right into that same uh that same chip now. So,
2: yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It it, it the uh, uh for lack of a better word, the bus speed is now uh insignificant. It's all there on the same on the same board. Yes. And I'm going mute. Thank you, Doug.
0: No, that's okay. That that's um that's why I, I think that's one of the big reasons that Apple Silicon made such a huge leap forward in terms of efficiency, speed, and all of that stuff. Sure, is because, energy management too. Yeah. yeah, right. Because the bus is, is like you you're not limited. The CPU and the GPU can both talk to RAM the same way. There's no bus, I, like the bus isn't isn't there like it was in a in a traditional uh, setup. So, okay, yeah,
2: that's good. Then the other question I had pre-show and and wanted to bring it up again was, why the n- odd number on the GPU? You notice that on the M2 Pro, I believe it is. It has 19. Uh, it's a yeah, nine, yeah, 19 core, core GPU.
0: Yeah, that's strange. And I'm assuming the M2 Max has that same 19 core GPU or up to 19 core GPU. They don't. They like you don't get that out of the gate. You pay extra to go up to that. But yeah, that, that's a that's a weird. I agree, that's a weird number. John, do you have any uh, any thoughts as to why they would have a 19 core GPU? No,
1: because okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of things in the computer world are powers of two or even numbers. So I don't know why they decided to do 19 and not
0: 20. I mean, come on. Yeah. Unless it's like, you know, there's the, the, with the M ones, there was the seven core versus the eight core. And Mm -hmm. the seven core really was an eight core chip that just didn't spec to the same mm-hmm. you, you know the same number like it failed the tests or whatever so i i don't know i don't like i don't know i don't know i don't know it it's interesting to me um but th- it's 19 it's not 20 so who knows maybe but again maybe they live one for for failure oh i don't know it's weird man i got nothing i got nothing <laughs> maybe somebody will tell us feedback at com. did you say feedback at mackeep.com I did, and and Pete might be back. I can't tell if Pete's back or not. Pete came and back, looks, and he looks frozen, and he looks a little frozen. So we're gonna leave mm. Pete frozen. Oh,
1: ah, uh, I see the.
0: Doesn't matter. Nobody of... can. Nobody. He's back now. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, uh, he's he's frozen and muted, so he's gonna need to fix that problem himself. Um, as far as these two computers that Apple updated. I want to start with the Mac Mini only because that was the first one that I saw and is, I find, of interest because I'm not entirely happy with this computer in the studio here. It's the eight core Intel uh, i9. Ventura hasn't been kind to this computer. I- I'm given that I feel like I'm the only one experiencing the problems that I'm experiencing. I think it might just need a nuke and pave. My main issue is that uh, aggregate audio devices on this machine are far less reliable than than non-aggregate audio devices. So Apple has this thing. I promise this tangent won't last as long as it could. Apple has this thing called aggregate audio devices where uh, if you ne- – like Logic, for example, can only see – One device for input and one device for output. And that's true of a lot of audio apps, right? And a lot of apps in general, they can see one device for input, one device for output, one microphone, one speaker. Let's look at it that way. If you have multiple hardware or software audio devices that you want logic to see. You need to aggregate them all into a unified device so that the software can see it as its microphone or speaker, right? Cause you only get to pick one of each. And that's what, if you go into audio MIDI setup on your Mac, you can create an aggregate audio device in my aggregate audio device. I take my hardware interface, which is a, a 24 channel uh, personas quantum 26, 26 actually it's 26 channels. If you count the SP diff stuff. Uh, and I, I add that that's my, I, my physical interface here in the studio And then I have a bunch of loopback interfaces, which are software interfaces. I use an aggregate audio device to link them all together so that I can like have my microphone being accessed by Logic at the same time as like your microphone, John, and Pete's microphone, which come through virtual devices. And it works great. Or at least it did for me until I upgraded to Ventura on this machine. I've done a bunch of tests this past week. I was up super late the other night messing with it and... The It's the aggregate audio devices that seem to be the crux of my issues. I can't recreate those on my M1 Mac Mini. I'm not sure if that means it's an Intel issue or if it's just that this OS needs to be nuked and paved. I'm thinking the latter because I'm not seeing anyone else complain about this at all. Like not on Intel, not on M1. So back to the new Mac Mini seems like that might be a better option for the studio than having to buy a Mac studio. Um, and I started looking into the Mac minis. And so the Mac minis are interesting if they are, they are now, you know, before this announcement, the the Mac mini was an M one mini. Now it's either an M two mini or an M two pro mini. The M2 Pro is one of the new chips Apple announced. The M2 has been out for a while in the MacBook Air. One distinct difference between the M2 and the M2 Pro and Macs is the number of displays that can be supported. The M2 can support up to two displays in that Mac Mini. The M2 Pro can support up to three displays natively. Now, you could always use Display Link to add more displays, Regardless of what the uh, system supports natively, but if you want to do it natively, that is the, uh, that's the limitation. There's other limitations too, RAM uh, being a big one. So I'm looking at a new Mac Mini, and I think I'm going to go with the M2 Pro, with the 10-core CPU, the 16-core GPU, 32 gigs of RAM, unified memory. Sorry, I'm supposed to use their terms now. And the uh, one terabyte SSD 1899 seems like the right uh, seems like the right way to go. I don't need to spend an extra 300 bucks for two more CPU cores and three more GPU cores, but I don't know. Maybe someday I'll.
2: And of course, it was nice of them to come out with that a mere twenty-eight days after I bought my M1 Mac Mini. You know, of course, it's, Pete. <laughs> it's the old you're driving home with the the new Z1000, and there's a billboard for the Z2000. That's right.
0: But, but the rule is like here's like y- y- you know is the M1 Mini serving your needs? Are you happy with it?
2: It, you know that's that's the thing. Could I bring it back? Yeah, I probably could. Yeah, but I think I'm probably running good. I'm running Plex and channels on it. that's that's my purpose with it. You're good to go, yeah for 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 a decade or more.
0: I, honestly, my biggest yeah. hesitation and and I have not yet pulled the trigger on this new mini, uh, but my biggest hesitation on it is what am I going to do with this iMac? Like this is a fantastic machine. It's barely three and a half years old. Uh, yes, I'm having an issue with it. No, I don't think it's a hardware issue and I don't think it's like an incompatibility of the OS here. I could be wrong about that latter part. I'm pretty sure I'm right about the first part that it's not hardware. Uh I could be wrong about it being Ventura. We've we've had certainly plenty of complaints about Ventura. <laughs> but I don't think it is just cuz I'm I'm the only one. Like I can't find any posts about this. So I think it's me. And uh And if I wipe it and start from scratch, which I was not going to do in the, you know, 72 hours I had before leaving for Italy and needing to record one, two, three, four, arguably five or even six podcasts. So, you know, it was like I'm going to I'm going to limp through with this and then figure it out after I get back. But this is nice.
2: You may save yourself eighteen hundred dollars by trying the nuke and pave method.
0: I know. agree with that. You know, but yeah. it what I mean right now I still have to run this thing with uh turbo boost switcher off so that the fans don't kick in and you know all of that stuff uh because because of the way Intel just works when I record and so like there there I have been planning on replacing it for that reason for a while um but I I need to figure out what to do with the iMac no better motivator than a deadline, though. So if I order this new machine, I will figure out what to do with the iMac. Maybe, maybe yeah, somebody wants it. I yeah. Know. You know, I've got I've got Debbie's
2: old iMac, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm, I may turn it into a podcast machine.
0: But... There you go, there you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I, I mean, I Lisa has a Intel Mini, the same i nine chip that I think your Mini has, John. I th- <laughs> I've thought about taking this iMac, putting this as her machine, taking her Intel Mini and making that my, like, super hoopty Plex server. I don't know. We'll see. That Like, that is an option. But, like, is it the best option? I don't know. So, in addition to the Mini, the MacBook Pro line was also updated. And now has, there's no M2 available for the MacBook Pro. You can only get the new chips, the M2 Pro and the M2 Max uh in the MacBook Pro. And uh I believe the form factors have remained the same uh for the MacBook Pros. It doesn't look like anything on the outside in terms of just the the maybe maybe the ports have changed on. I'm not sure. But you've sort of been in the market for a new laptop. I know you were leaning toward the M2 Air when we looked at that last now that this has come out, are you are you leaning in a different direction? Or are you looking at the M2 Air on Refurb as the deal of the century?
1: Um I think you're correct. So the the thing is, I've had MacBook Pros for decades, sure. literally. Um I still like the fact that it has more ports. So I think I'm leaning towards maybe a refurb, as you suggested, a, a refurb um, of the older model, um, which I think are probably in the refurb store as we speak. The older model of what? The Pro or the Air? Uh, the the Pro.
0: Okay, so the M1, the M1 Pro based Pro or something like uh, along those lines. All right, so let's talk about ports. It, it, it
1: the thing is it the the performance of both the M one and the M two are just ridiculous.
0: Correct, I, I agree with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I, think- I
1: don't think I. I don't think I need kind of like the 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 Mac Studio. I don't need that much power. I mean, the the only thing that would stress my machine is when I was doing video transcoding and then the fans would spin up and stuff like that or you know if i you know was was uh ripping a dvd was the only situation where the fans would spin up and it was just like this is nuts sure <laughs> sure so um, um i think i'm going to go for a refurb which well, we- which i've done for ages and
0: oh yeah
1: uh but both for my uh, my MacBook Pro and my Mac Mini. Um, I would say the MacBook Pro with the Intel is, especially when with Ventura, uh, it's noticeably <laughs> doing some things very sluggish. Um, okay. So I blame the OS.
0: <laughs> All right. So you're replacing. I just want to add some clarity to this. You're mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at the the old the i don't want to call it old i'll say that that a refurb m1 macbook Mm -hmm. pro probably an m1 pro because you couldn't get an m1 in a macbook pro you can only get the m1 Mm -hmm. in pro all right so assuming that that's available on the refurb site but you say that you're because essentially you're choosing between that and a refurb m2 macbook air both at 14 inches in size so my question for you is you say that ports are what make a difference. The, there are, there are three ports that are different between the two. So the, the Mm -hmm. air has a MagSafe three charging port Mm -hmm. and two Thunderbolt slash USB four ports and a headphone jack. So that's our baseline. The MacBook pros add to that an uh, a memory card slot, mm-hmm. another Thunderbolt four port on the opposite side, and mm-hmm. an HDMI port. So, those three ports make a difference for you in what way? Like, because I hear a lot of people say, "I buy the MacBook Pro for the ports." Which port? Like, which one in particular matters so much that you would go with the Pro versus the Air?
1: I just like having more,
0: <laughs> but why? Like <laughs> more I, I mean, is better. Is it just more is better? Okay, all right. I mean that's fine. Like it's an emotional well, decision.
2: Okay, let, let me throw in. And the reason I didn't spend more money on a MacBook Pro this Christmas was because uh, because they didn't have the M2 in them yet. So it's like, oh, okay. But I gotta say, I am somewhat disappointed in the fact that my 13-inch MacBook Pro has two USB-C ports. That's it. It doesn't have a MagSafe. It doesn't have, and when it has a headphone jack, it but nothing else. And I was like, eh, once I got it, I was like, eh, this is really kind of a pain in the backside. But that being said, I, I got one of those adapters. Now yeah. I have USB-A and that sort of thing. So that's how you can expand your ports a, a whole lot cheaper, I guess, than going up to the next
0: model of MacBook Pro. Well, that, yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, so- that's my it's question yeah. for for all of us is yeah. which port do you need that the that and and how are you gonna get it, right? Are you gonna get it yeah. as part of a dock? Or are you gonna get it as part of a as part of the you know, the, the chassis of the, the computer? Because yeah.
2: like Yeah, a forty to eighty dollar hub is gonna give you your HDMI, your USB C, your S D, your S D mini, your you know, the one thing that most and of them seem to the yeah, this one doesn't have ethernet that I have, but oh, okay. but you can get it. Yeah. Uh, but but the other the one thing that most of them lack and I would be careful to shop for and I think we a couple of weeks ago talked about one that I think it was at $79 price point had additional USB-C ports because you're eating up one and the one I have only has a power input. You you, yeah, you I, lose I, a USB-C port no matter what you do. I'm down to right. one extra port.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I I like the idea. I I don't even f- I, Like I, I don't, I can't think of a scenario where I felt constrained by two ports on my Air. However, where I would like the flexibility is having even just one of leave the same number of ports, but put one on either side. Being able to have a a, you know a, a USB C you know Thunderbolt port on either side of the machine, like that to me is is more important in terms of flexibility than, than ports. Cause it's pretty rare that I use HDMI. And if I do, well, I need an HDMI cable. And so if I'm carrying an HDMI cable, it's really not that much more to carry a dongle that has an HDMI port on it. And I'm good to go. So like to me, that's, and there's no gig ethernet on, on these machines regardless. So I know you're probably going to get the Pro, John. I'm going to ask you every six months, or certainly after after we travel mm-hmm. every time, which ports did you use? Because, like, I'm really curious about this, like, I need more mentality. It, it just, it's it's not how my brain works, and so I'm curious about it. Mm-hmm. I get that it's an emotional decision. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't, like, doesn't seem like... I wish the air had ports on either side. I know why they, why it doesn't like it's, it's cheaper to build it with all of them in one place and not have to run the wire across, but you know,
1: yeah. I mean, the, the other thing that caught my attention was the latest, um, uh, iMac.
0: But that that wasn't updated today.
1: I just want to start Uh, out. No, I understand. Okay. Just so we're not missing. But but, what, what, what I found weird and we talked about in the last show was okay, you have the model with two ports and then you have the model with four ports. It's like, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean it's it's you And know. for what it's worth, I got the bottle with two. <laughs> I, we yeah, we were we remember Pete. Yeah. do <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. no. it's a sweet machine.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a really nice machine. Man. Yeah. I, I bet it is. I, I, yeah, I want to. I want to come and and see that at some point, Pete, because I like. Yeah. I, yeah, it seems like there's there's something there's something to that. This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to do list with our sponsor, Factor's ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up, too. Because Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Doesn't matter what your lifestyle is, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest. With keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and protein-plus meals are on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. Every week they've got 34 chef-prepared dietitian-approved options. So there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36 plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. We've tried all of this stuff. We've had the meals. And they're delicious. I even had, like, the the veggie meal and the pork meal. Like, they just heat up in two minutes, just like they said. And they're delicious. We've tried the smoothies, too. Also delicious. you got to check this out. You want to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Head to Factor75.com slash MGG60 And then use code MGG60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code MGG60 at Factor75.com slash MGG60 to get 60% off your first box. You can also visit MacGeekHub.com. We've got the link and the code right there for you. If you forget, we've got you covered. And our thanks to Factor for sponsoring this episode. And next I get to talk about Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT. You know what that is? It's your end users. Old school device management tools like MDMs force disruptive agents onto our employees' devices. These things slow performance and worst of all, they treat privacy as an afterthought. Collide does things differently. Instead of forcing changes on users, Collide notifies your team via Slack when their devices are insecure and gives them step by step instructions on how to solve any particular problem. And by reaching out to employees via these friendly Slack messages and educating them about company policies, Collide helps you build a culture in which everyone contributes to security because everybody understands how and why to do it. For IT admins, Collide provides a single dashboard. That lets you monitor the security of your entire fleet, whether they're running Mac, Windows, or Linux. That visibility makes it easy to prove compliance to your auditors, your customers, and leadership. You can meet your compliance goals by putting your users first. Visit collide.com MGG to find out how. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot MGG. And our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. All right, yeah, that sound is the sound we played before we did the opening quick tip, Pete, which tells yeah. me it's time for some more quick tips. You got one from Tig? I do. I'm going to try
2: and read it before they try and rip my roof off again here installing the solar. <laughs> Tig writes in, if you open a new Finder window and then in the sidebar, if you click and hold on iCloud, location, or tags, you can rearrange their order. Uh, I discovered this one my favorites Accidentally moved to the bottom of the sidebar column and I clicked and held on the word favorites and then it lifted up and you could move He moved it back up to the top of the sidebar um, Okay, yeah, there's there's some noise in the background. That's fine. Thanks. Uh, for the yeah. Warning. Yeah, you're so it, it, the point is I never realized this I, I've moved stuff around before and I'll get to that tip in a moment But yeah, you can take that whole group of favorites grab it and drag it down and you can reorder you could have locations above favorites that sort of thing. Yeah. And then I'm what doing I do it now, you know, I had
0: no idea. That's yeah, amazing. And then
2: I add on to that. Um, I, I alphabetize what I have in the sidebar of my finder. So you can drag and drop each folder that appears there. Sorry about the noise. And the other thing that you can do is like I found when we first started our uh, podcast, I, I was navigating about four folders deep and i finally, went, well, this is stupid. I'll just drag that to the side of my finder. And there it is. So it brings you several folders deep, brings it up. And then when you don't use a folder very often anymore, you can just grab it and drag it off the sidebar of the finder. I got to get out of here before they <laughs> rip my roof off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's cool. I, so, okay. So I I did not know that I could rearrange sections. That's the, that for me, that's the quick that's tip That's the today. cool quick tip. Here. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, like, that's for me. That's why I love to share these things because it, it's different for each of us. What, um... I, I did know that I could rearrange them within a section. One thing yeah. drives me crazy, and I think it's because of iCloud Drive. I like to have my desktop folder at the very top left of oh, okay. my list. Yeah. Sometimes it disappears from my favorites list entirely in the Finder, and I have to go grab it from the iCloud section and drag it back up. I I, I presume it's something to do with iCloud Drive, I don't know. It's it's not a Ventura thing. I mean, it happens in Ventura. I've had it happen, but it also happened in Monterey and probably things before that too. But All right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, speaking of that Finder sidebar, listener Richard in our Discord group has a tip for us. He says um I've tried several times to integrate tags in the Mac OS finder into my workflows, tagging folders for specific projects, for example, but I've always struggled to make the best use of this feature. It's always felt like more of an admin task than actually useful. I know what that, I know what that's like. He says now, however, I think I've finally got something that works and sticks for me. I now only have two tags, one named current, one named useful. They sit at the top of my sidebar reorganized. Thanks to the previous tip. Uh, and at the start of the week, I tag every folder that is relevant to the week ahead as current and untag anything that is not relevant this week. Then when I'm out in meetings or sessions, etc., I can just click into the current tag in the sidebar to access those resources, regardless of where those resources in the actual file system are for files and folders that I use regularly. I tag those as useful, and these are always available to me from that tag. Again, regardless of their real file location. A bonus tip is that I can also then use the large files home screen widget on my iPad and link that to the current tag. Oh, that's the big tip here. So that my folders for this week... Yeah, there's the bell. So that my folders for this week... Always show on the iPad home screen. All of my files sync using iCloud Drive, so this works really well. I forgot that tags will sync. Huh. Huh. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Thanks, Richard. Brilliant. I know. It's great. I love these quick tips. All right. While we're on the Finder, we got one more from Porthos John, also in the uh, Discord group. He says, um, I've got a quick tip to speed up your Mac if you have a lot of files on your desktop. Says I've had a lot of people at my company complaining that their Macs are slow. The issue for many of them is that they have turned on icon previews in the finder's view options for the desktop folder. And they have all their files all over their desktop. Every time they move a window, the finder has to re-render all the icons on the desktop. And that can be very compute costly and IO costly because it's reading from the disk for your Mac. So you choose the desktop folder and then go to view options in the finder and turn off icon previews that will make your desktop scrolling faster. I like it. This is good. Thank you. Porthos John. Fun stuff. I love these things. Good tips. John, you got a quick tip for us?
1: Yes, I do. Uh, so Lee lets us know about a feature that I didn't know about. And you guys probably didn't know about either. Um, Did you know that in iOS 16, in Settings, Accessibility, Hearing, there is a Live Captions, beta feature, turn it on, and any audio playing on the iPhone or iPad will be transcribed in real time and presented on the screen. The captions can be customized for size and color. Uh, If your podcast player is playing, captions will appear on the screen and can And can be positioned, or made to go full screen. Interestingly, screenshots of the feature in action don't capture the text, so you have to try it out yourselves. Yeah, I tried that a little bit. That was amazing.
0: I I had this on uh, on on Christmas Day. We Facetimed with my daughter, and Mm -hmm. uh, we wound up doing it from my phone, and it was captioning our Facetime call. And and I'm not sure when I turned that on for FaceTime, but you can just go into the FaceTime settings like mid call and turn it off and, yeah. and then it turns off. But, yeah, it's 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 really kind of amazing how how that works. I didn't realize it would do it for podcasts, but obviously that makes perfect sense. Yeah.
1: Huh? Yeah. My only annoyance is so I tried it on my iPhone 12 mini and it worked as advertised. Sure. Um, and the translation was, for the most part, accurate. Um, Here's my frustration. I can't copy the text. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Which, come on, it's like, guys, I mean, you're you're doing all this work in the background. Can't you let me copy and paste the text that you recognize? But apparently they don't. The other thing I found um, is that this feature looks to be available on Mac OS as well. Really? But here's the caveat. Okay. Only for Apple Silicon.
0: That makes sense. I mean it's it's like so same with the iPhone, right? The iPhone is also Apple silicon. So yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm.
2: Something about that neural engine there. I, I yeah. kinda get why they do it. You may want a screenshot of what's on your phone as opposed to a bunch of darn text. That being said, there should be an option to choose. Yes, I want the text or no, I don't want it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Huh. I John your point about like save the transcript somewhere for me or give me the option to save this transcript I I, I would like that too yeah cuz like a zoom call I think you can get the tran- if if you tell it to do the live captions or whatever zoom calls it like I think you can get the the transcript of that at the end of the call I think it's saved out if you rec- if you're recording the call maybe that's why Right. Maybe like certainly for FaceTime calls, there is the expectation that FaceTime calls are not able to be recorded, at least not on the same device. I mean, you, you oh, on, a, yeah. on a Mac, you Here could you record it like obviously. But um, uh, yeah, interesting huh i don't know i'm trying to come up with an answer yeah which
2: is you know want to tell people if they want a transcript of this show then write down every word you hear that's right Uh, yeah uh, (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. we we will we will be pushing out transcripts as part of the podcasting 2.0 thing there's there's lots of engines we're going to do it this year even though even though the project has stalled it will be finished one way or another uh even if we have to fire the person that didn't do it the first time (laughs) that's right (sighs) Hi, John. How you doing? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No reason. What? Uh, Mark M. has a tip that I didn't know. My guess is this has been there for a while. Uh, he says when scrolling in about just about any app, Safari, Preview, I tried it this morning in Audio Hijack because it was the only place I could get a horizontal scroll bar. He says, if you have a uh, device with a scroll wheel, you can use your scroll wheel to go up and down. But if you hold the shift key down and you have horizontal scrolls, it will scroll horizontally. And I tried it and it works. It's great for when you get older, he says, and you need to zoom into documents to see the text. And then we can have the full text on your on your monitor and you can still scroll around with your mouse or uh, or whatever. So, yeah, I'm cool. had no idea. That's why I love quick tips. I learned a thing. Well, interesting. Sounds
2: like it's useful across multiple displays too, left and right. You could zoom way in. And...
0: Yeah. 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 I mean it, it you're well, depending on how you're doing multiple displays. Oh yeah,
2: that's true. You yeah. You can't yeah.
0: have one window across multiple across, displays. Across, yeah, an
2: extended display won't,
0: yeah. Well you can if you turn off uh, each display uses a separate space. Like if if the displays okay. are all one quote unquote space in macOS, you can't use Stage Manager. Uh, you can't have menu bars at the top of each display, but you can have one window that literally spans multiple displays. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, po- God, see? what is going on? My speaking of transcription, my watch today is deciding to transcribe everything I'm saying here. So I have taken my watch off. I'm not convinced that's going to solve you the go. problem. Yeah. Uh, Porthos John in discord has another quick tip. He says an oldie good, but a goodie. If you're trying to mass quit a bunch of applications, you can quickly quit apps using the app switcher, get into the app switcher by holding down command and then tapping tab. That brings up the app switcher. And then while continuing to hold command down to keep the app switcher alive, tap tab to select the app you want. And when you're on it, hit Q. So just like you were going to switch to the app, get to it and then hit Q instead of releasing command and that'll quit the app. You can stay there, hit Q. It'll quit the next one and the next one. And whatever one you happen to be on at any point in time, I use this all the time. It's like, this is one of those tips, but it's one of those things. People that see it across my shoulder, that don't know how to do this or didn't know it was possible to do this. is perhaps a better way to say it. Always go, wait, 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 what are you doing there? How'd you do that? Yeah. Great tip, thank you. For that but wait, there's more. Oh,
2: Dave, what if you accidentally hit Q on the wrong app?
0: Oh, yeah. What happens? Because that's going to quit an app.
2: Yeah, as soon as you release the tab key, it's going to quit it. So keep the tab key held down, tap Q again, and it will remove that little hand. Go ahead and try it now. It won't go away. Yet. No,
0: I'm not going to. I'm not going to try promise. it now if, while we're if, podcasting. Go
2: go to an app that you're not particularly using. Tap tap the Q. And then tap the Q again before releasing it. It'll take that red hand away, and the app won't quit oh. when you release the tab key.
0: I I I hit Q. Oh, you have to keep tab down for that to work.
2: Yeah, hold the tab key down. Got it. And and I, then I don't have when any you more tap t- the Q, you'll see a little red hand come up, and then you go to another app, and you tap the Q, and you go, Oops, I, I hit the wrong one.
0: If I hold the tab key down, it just keeps scrolling. I'm sorry. Low. I'm sorry.
2: The command key. I, I, I misspoke. I knew what I meant.
0: I knew what you meant too. But if I I mean, I have the command key down. Uh, I'm not holding the shift key. The command key is the only key down. If I hit Q, the app quits immediately. Pete, you're you're muted, and so I can't hear you. But if I hit Q...
2: Okay, so what I do, like, I've got text edit open. I could close it. If I hit Q, I just get a red stop sign with a hand in it. And I can move on to another... Program he I I don't
0: think you're using Apple's tab switcher.
2: Oh, disregard. That's Keyboard Maestro, brother. That's correct. That's correct. That's what it is. So yeah. Keyboard Maestro allows you to un unquit. Okay. <laughs> he inadvertently quit, whilst holding it down still. So see, so yeah. yeah, I tried to get you to quit uh, uh, Streamyard in the mm-hmm. middle of the show, <laughs> but you
0: didn't fall for it. No, I tried. I tried to. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Your sound's going to drive me crazy between the the talking when muted and the the loud stuff. <laughs> you're you're yeah, giving me a run for my that. money today, Pete. No, I I am convinced that like at some level these things only bother a small subset of us of which I am a part. It does there are listeners out there just like me, but enough of it gets to all of us, you know. But uh, yeah, try
2: to get past. No, you're. You know, you're it doing... sounds like an F five tornado would be quieter uh, on my roof right it's, now. It's <laughs> it's loud. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sorry yeah, about yeah. that.
0: No, it's all right. Hey, talking of quitting and uh, and just finding out keyboard shortcuts, Ben has a fantastic quick tip for us. He says uh, in last week's episode, you were talking about using Command W on an iPad with an external keyboard. Pete, you went on a tangent about learning keyboard shortcuts by browsing application menus. Dave clarified that this is possible on the Mac, but not the iPad, where there aren't those menus to peruse. But as Ben points out, there is, in fact, a way to learn keyboard shortcuts on the iPad with an external keyboard connected. Just hold down that command key. An overlay will appear listing the shortcuts available in the current application or context. You can use a shortcut or press any key to dismiss the overlay. That's good. I forgot about that, Ben. I don't use a keyboard with my iPad often enough to remember these things. So thank you for sharing that. That's yeah, you're right. That is the way to find them. Good stuff. We got a couple more quick tips to go through here. AQ shared a tip in Discord. Says uh touch and in, in CarPlay. Touch and hold the bottom left icon, which I would call the application grid icon, where you can sort of switch uh, to your application grid as opposed to back to, you know, if you're in an app or whatever. Um, If you touch and hold that icon in the lower left, Siri will be activated. It's handy when, for example, it's too noisy in the car to use the verbal, the verbal, verbal, verbal. Hey, easy for you to say, (laughs) hey, S lady (laughs) command. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had no idea. I love these things. Super undocumented. This is why you want to join our Discord channel, folks. com slash Discord. All are welcome. I think there's about a thousand of us in there now, maybe a little more. I, I haven't checked the numbers in yeah. you know, a little while, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great but, community. But
2: be patient in the car with your elderly relatives. My mother, God bless her, who turns 97 tomorrow little, uh, of the day of recording last week uh, from the show. Yeah, every time I start talking to the S lady, um, she starts talking to, and it's like, Mom, you got to give me – it's a hands-free state. You got to give me 30 seconds here.
0: Yeah, I I don't know so. that that is limited to people of certain age groups, Pete. I, I yeah. have people in my sure. life who the moment I start talking to the S lady or the A lady, they're like, yeah, I'm just going to talk to you now. Like, it, it's as though – They don't also use the A-lady or the S-lady in their lives and understand how it works. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. This is not an age thing, Pete. No. Uh, Nope. Nope. Fair enough. Nope. Sure ain't. Hey, uh, I probably should have grouped this with all the Finder ones. TN Papa reminds us that in the Finder, we can use... Command Command W will close a window. And in fact, this isn't limited to the Finder. This is almost every app on your Mac. Command W will close a window. Command option W will close all windows of uh certainly I use this more frequently in the Finder than anywhere else, which is probably why TN Papa and in Discord said the same thing. Um, because there are a lot of times where it's like, uh-oh, okay, now I've got 40 windows open in the finder. It's time to punt gotta go back to the beginning here you know um so but it does work in most apps and again on the Mac you can see this if you go to the file menu uh close will be command W and if you hold down the option key you'll see if that changes in that app any thoughts about any of these folks I
2: love them that's uh, same that's a great one that's that's universal right hold down the option key when you've got any of those Menus up, and you'll see your keystrokes. Your shortcut well, keystrokes change.
0: You'll see them change. Often. Yeah, <clears throat> off often I, I, if yeah. they are programmed to change. Correct. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm trying yeah. to
1: find this, but um, there is something on the Mac side called Cheat Sheet.
0: Okay. Like, a, where like basically,
1: an app. Once you once you install it, and I'm trying to get a link to it yeah but, it's from um,
0: media atelier i've got a link for it in uh i'll put it in the show notes yeah yeah yeah
1: great but that that's that's a good one on the mac where if you hold down the command key and uh wait wait a few seconds it will show you all of the keyboard shortcuts for the currently running app
0: uh-huh. kind of like you get on the ipad automatically mm-hmm. yes one would think Apple could do this for the Mac too. I guess they don't have to because the folks at Media Atelier yeah. did. All right. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I wonder where Apple got the idea. That's pretty good. Fun stuff. I love this. This is where we learn things. Good stuff. Uh, let's see. I don't know what else we have here, guys. I got one more quick tip to do before we go to whatever is next. Scott uh reminds us he says uh you mentioned in the last episode you were talking about periodic restarts of your Macs. he says now of course in ventura you have to do that from the command line you can't set it up uh from the gui because that doesn't exist anymore however for those of us like me who back up using some type of software other than time machine it can be easy Carbon Copy Cloner, Scott continues, offers a simple option to restart the computer after the backup is complete. Easy peasy. I back up every Sunday morning at 3 a.m. And when I get to my Mac, it's waiting for me to log in because I have File Vault set. So there's no need for scripting, shortcuts, or terminal commands. Just tell the app you're already using to do it for you. That's a really, I like that idea. Um, I, you know, I think. We had somebody write in who was talking about daily restarts of their Mac, and and the way they wrote it, it seemed like they were they thought they were following our advice to do daily restarts. I I I, I for me and for most of us in our community here, I feel like daily restarts might be a little much, but uh, weekly restarts certainly pay off for all of us here. I know John does them. I, I do them. Do, Pete, do you do scheduled restarts every week or uh, not? well? <clears throat>
2: I I don't only because I have a laptop and that you know frequently I'll go a couple days and then I'll just turn it off if I'm going to transport it for five or six hours somewhere or that it. sort of thing.
0: Okay, but so
2: um, yeah yeah let let me throw this in though.
0: Well, <laughs> hang on, let me let, hold that okay. thought. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Keep going. Uh, just because okay. I want to I want to yep, I want to finish this. The the weekly restarts are a great thing, and if you're doing a backup every week, the nice part about that weekly restart is. If your mac hasn 't restarted in a you know over a week, you also know that it ha it probably hasn 't completed a backup in more than a week, and so that 's a nice little heads up that you might have a problem so I just wanted to share that thought before we got too far off now let 's go
2: there you go well, it goes back to i guess I guess the solar installation in the house uh, so last week they were coming and then he got sick and delayed till today. So, I moved the printer out of the way, and then Debbie needed to print something yesterday. So, I plugged it all back in, and you know, of course. a couple hours later, she comes up from the basement where the printer is and goes, I've about had it with all the tech in this house. And I'm going, Well, that wasn't directed at the dog or at my son.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, that's
2: true. okay, what did I do now? Yeah. Um, restart everything because you know what? It, it was a fresh restart on the printer, but basic troubleshooting number one, shut it down, restart it. The printer worked fine. But all I did was go down and reboot it. Rebooting your Mac, same thing. Uh, Number one thing, before you go to anybody for help, give it a kick in the pants. Restart it. You know, just Pete's advice.
0: (laughs) Hey, have you resolved to have more meals with family and friends this year? If so, how about giving them a reason to gather around the dinner table? You can do it by feeding them stuff from our sponsor, Wild Grain, Wild Grain is the first ever bake from Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Unlike supermarket bread, Wild Grain uses a slow fermentation process that's easier on your belly, lower in sugar, and rich in nutrients and antioxidants. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. And to kick off the year, Wild Grain is offering delicious products such as an ancient grain sourdough loaf and fresh. Artisan Fettuccine Pasta. All you have to do is sign up at wildgrain.com slash MGG and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. It's easy to reschedule, skip, or cancel. We've had some of this stuff. They're sourdough. It's amazing. You take it out of the freezer, you put it in your warmed up oven, and like 20 minutes later, out comes this loaf of bread that tastes just like you just baked it because you did just bake it. You just didn't have to make it. It's amazing. I, like, really, we've all been blown away by this. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box. Plus, free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com MGG to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com MGG. That's wildgrain.com slash MGG, or you can use promo code MGG at checkout. And our thanks to Wildgrain for sponsoring this episode. All right. Larry asks uh, a pretty simple question How do you make envelopes? He says, For years, I used an app that was sweet and simple to address ad hoc envelopes, Easy Envelope. It's in the <sighs> App Store, last updated nine years ago. And he <laughs> says, It looks like Ventura killed it. Hi, I know how to print an envelope from uh, the contacts app, he says, but not infrequently. I need to address an envelope where the addressee is not in contacts. And I want to type or copy paste the address into something and then spit out a printed envelope. No interest in saving. And I want to be quick and simple. Would you have any suggestions for a replacement? He says, I've tried envelope magic, but I cannot copy paste. And I have to type in the details line by line. Save it all. Then print. I might as well use contacts. Or do I just have to grow up? So first of all, I want to say that, at least for me, Larry buried the lead. I had no idea that you could print envelopes from contacts. And what's even cooler is if you have multiple uh, return addresses, you get to pick which of your return addresses you're using. It's it's all in the print dialog. You just choose the person or people that you want to print envelopes to. And uh, and then, you know, you choose your return address. You choose their addresses. It's friggin' amazing. Uh, it really like if if you have people in your address book contacts, like I'm. I was blown away when we when we prepped this last week and was like, "Wait, what?" I had no idea. So I'm 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 guessing I'm not the only one, but I maybe I was. In terms of if I need to manually make an envelope, which I do. All the time, you know, if I need to send a letter to the bank for whatever reason, I got to print an envelope because they didn't send me a self-addressed stamped one, whatever, you know, with with the circles and arrows on the back of each one. I use pages. Pages has a great envelope template, and I basically have built my own envelope document. It's like Dave's envelope, and I go in there. It has my return address already because I put it in the one time and then i just paste or type in the um the uh the you know the the whoever i'm sending it to and and that's it I hit print one uh quick tip that i will add i have you know i formatted the the recipient's address with the font that i wanted and all that good stuff if i'm pasting something in it might come with a font or whatever i do that um and i it's probably keyboard maestro but i think you can do it uh, another way yeah you can do that paste and match style uh, to match the style that's already in the document so it basically pulls it in as though it were plain text and puts it in the document so you're not like inheriting any weird styles from whatever you copied when you're uh, when you're pasting it in but that's how i make envelopes how do uh how do you make envelopes john F. Braun?
1: uh the last time i did i did what you did Use pages in yeah. the past. Uh, I would use Open Office, which apparently, based on what I just see here, uh, is discontinued, but they recommend LibreOffice,
0: okay, wherever yeah.
1: is, or Neo Office. But yeah, I, I think w- I would uh, use pages.
0: I, I like why <laughs> launch one of these massive, I mean, LibreOffice takes a long time to launch, even on M1, mm-hmm. pages like comes up right away like that that's why i use pages for very few things but envelopes is one of them
1: for I, that I, reason and i agree with you i i abandoned um microsoft office ages ago because apple's apps pretty much do what i need yeah including printing envelopes so
0: yeah yeah
2: so as i mentioned a short time ago <clears throat> our printer is in the basement what? So I'd have to go down there. Yeah, well, it's just down by the router. And even though it's a Wi-Fi printer, it's out, you know it's out of the way. It's that's that's where it is. Sure. So uh, so the, the page or the, the the paper tray stays loaded, and we print out documents all the time. But I it would be a pain in the backside to you know queue up an envelope, get it down there, put it in that sort of thing. So generally speaking, I use this technology that I'm holding up in front of the camera. Um, for those of you listening, it, it it's a uh, uh, basically a big pen, and then you 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 press down on one end and you move scratch it across the envelope and this ink comes out and it leaves the address on there. That's how I do it. <laughs> wow! Um, so it, uh, highly inefficient, no doubt about it. Especially if you had a bunch to do. I just um, I I don't see the solution for me with the printer in the basement. I, is that there makes separate? sense.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like most of the time when I need to print an envelope, uh, I do it in my office and the printer is, you know, 10 steps away. However, what I've found is my printer, uh, if I'm printing an end, and you should try this with your printer, too, because it might work for you. I I don't have to get up twice. I sit at my desk. I launch the envelope document. You know, I call it my envelope template, but it's not a template. It's just a document. Uh, I, you know, I fill in whatever I need to fill in. I hit print. Now the printer knows that it is a document type of envelope and a paper type of envelope. And it beeps at me saying, I don't have envelope in me. You need to feed me envelope. And so I, I don't have, it used to be that like, I would like race up from my desk and try and, you know, beat the guillotine. (laughs) Right. You know, but, um, I don't know. I, actually, I do know why I use that phrase. It was from the Boston Drivers Handbook. I highly I recommend mean. it. Uh, but um, but you don't have to beat the guillotine. you uh, You can just put the um, you can just put the, the 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 envelope in when it's ready. And then uh, for my printers, and it, this has been true of the last few printers I've had.
2: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. ours is only three or four years old. It's a, it's try a it. color laser. Yeah.
0: Give yeah. A shot. Yeah. Try. Very, very it. It might didn't 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 it, just make sure you're printing to. Like, you tell it that the paper type is envelope, which you'd probably do as a matter of of course by creating an envelope document. Like, it's you're not mm-hmm. going to be printing it to eight and a half by 11 paper. Right. 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 You, you know, so, it, like, that happens naturally. Um, sure. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And that was my struggle with printing envelopes, even with easy envelopes, um, is you had to get it just right. In what way? The dimensions.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got to put in, like, it's an A4, what, an A10 envelope? Is mm-hmm. an A10, is that the thing? I want to say A10. It's know. probably on the no, side no, of the box. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's um, on the side of the box. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, but the the other tip here is, if you print envelopes, um, print them using a nice generic font, like Courier, Um. Because the post office will scan it and yes. recognize and then put a barcode on it. Yeah, yeah you you know. I think this, you Pete.
0: can use just about any font you want, because the post office puts barcodes on Pete's handwritten envelopes, too, via their yes, scanners. Do. But I think. So, I, I yeah, and the recall. other thing I
1: know is, you know, having worked in postal for a while. Um, there are people, if it's handwritten, um, it's actually looked at. By a human
0: I don't think that's true anymore um, pretty
1: sure it is okay. unless unless it can't figure it out, but uh, well yeah, yeah yeah, no, if it can't figure it out, no, you're right, if it can't yeah. figure it out, then it'll go to a human, but that's like if but, you have really sloppy handwriting,
0: sure, so. <laughs> oh yeah, and it, yeah, yes, agreed, but otherwise the the machines are scanning them hundred percent of the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And as I recall, I was going to say, I, I think once last time I printed envelopes, and you, once you put your zip code in, it barcodes it anyway, which is all the post office cares about is the zip yeah. code. Yeah. Then, then the carrier gets it at the other. yeah side. and then you right. can pre, yeah.
0: you can pre-sort your mail and save money too, Pete. Yeah, if, mm-hmm. if you're shipping in bulk. Yeah,
2: I'm wondering if uh, if there's like a, if stamps.com or something like
0: that handles that issue for you too, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I built back in the old days, I say the old days, I was younger. Why do I call them the old days? Back in the young days, uh, (laughs) I managed the mailing list for my band, uh, go figure, which is the band that you hear play the intro and outro music to, to this show. Uh, that's a song called the answer, surprisingly enough, or interest, ironically enough, um, so we and we would send out our, our mailing list on postcards. So I would you know, we would we would do whatever we did to create the 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 side of the mailing list that you would see because postcards were cheaper. And We were sending out like, you know, twenty five hundred of these. So it, at scale, it mattered. Yeah. And then I would and I'm sure my employer, High City Bank, hated me for burning all this paper and toner. But I wrote a file maker script. That would print out all of our, um, you know, our our mailing list on four up on an eight and a half by 11, which is what the postcard size was. Right. It would print four addresses per page. And uh, so I would go in with, you know, whatever, uh, 300 pages to the post office or to the, the print house. And they would take those 300 pages and copy them onto the back sides of the postcards. And so people's mailing addresses were printed on our postcards. And I used a FileMaker script with a special font to put a barcode on those. So theoretically, I could have taken advantage of pre-sort. I think we got close, but not quite at the limit of what the post office would have accepted uh, pre-sort for me. But, nice. but yeah, that I'm sure I still have that FileMaker script somewhere. I, I I'm guessing maybe the current version of FileMaker might read it, but I don't know. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) There was No, there was a change from like 7 to 8 or 8 to 9 or something with FileMaker where the format had to change because of something else. I forget what, but um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, post office does the OCR. I didn't need to do the barcodes, but I liked it because, you know, I was a nerd. I still am a nerd, regardless of whether I'm in my my younger days, my older days. That's it. We're in our yolder days here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, John. How you doing?
1: Yes. Um, Great. How are you?
0: Hey, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing this podcast right now, but things are, I think, feel like the <laughs> show's going pretty well. How, how do you feel like the show's going? Ah, uh, let's
1: see here. Let me get Joe up here.
0: Oh, you're going to take uh, us to Joe? Amazing.
1: Joe well, found a,
0: Joe found a thing. I'd like to know how to find it when I want it.
1: Yes. All right. So here we go. Um, yeah, this was a surprise to me, but Joe says, uh, was catching up on the podcast where Pete suggested having a second app in account. Indeed, I didn't have a second either. So adding one to my Mac, I came across a cool stuff found, which I didn't know existed, which is the definition of CSF, I guess.
0: Uh, really uh, the definition of CSF. If you guys want to know, this is super tangential. I treat CSF as software or hardware that you can either you know buy or get or download things that are built into the OS that we find quick tips. That's my, that's how I do this. You folks call them whatever you want, but just know that's where I'm going to put them in the show, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, but this okay. one's different. This one's different. Cause this, this is a curiosity.
1: Yes. So uh, to continue, when I went into the ad user, I misspelled my password and was presented with the pop-up shown below. Uh, I noticed.
0: What's, that the, the, what's key, the name of the pop-up?
1: I guess is, uh, the name of the pop-up is password assistant. Okay. Um, this brought up a dialogue, which I've never seen. This looks a lot like a password manager I've used for years, allowing all sorts of defined automatic password formulas. It's really cool. And ne- I have never noticed it before. Um, not sure it's used. I tried a couple of browsers and didn't get it. So this is like a feature that is buried in the OS. And how, how do I access it? I don't know. Um,
0: I mean, this is but, cool. But, you but, get to but, pick. But what
1: the dialogue yeah, go ahead. does, it, it brings up things that are similar. Uh, for example, I'm still using LastPass. <laughs> um But it brings up a dialogue that has several options. Uh, You can manually define a password. You can do letters and numbers. You can do numbers only. uh, Random and FIPS 181 compliant, which uh, sounds pretty serious. Um, And then it it will let you choose options uh, for the length. And then it'll give you a quality rating uh, to make sure that you Choose a good password like uh, the other managers, uh, password managers do. So I just thought it was kind of cool. I'm like, I never knew this existed. But the question now, my friends, is how do you access this outside of the user... The um, uh, user and group, I think, is, w- is where you access this. Yeah, it's not an app or a utility that I've been able to find.
0: I mean, yeah, it it's the password assistant, and it looks like somebody, I don't know who, but thank you, put in the show notes a link to Apple's Tips for Creating Secure Passwords on Mac support article. And this is, according to that article, this password assistant dialogue is the thing that will come up if you click the little key button next mm-hmm. to the new password field and theoretically this would happen anywhere you're creating new passwords for like iCloud keychain or things like that. Uh I don't I don't know cuz I don't use iCloud keychain that way so I've never stumbled onto it but I would love to know a way to just like invoke Apple's password assistant uh, like whenever I want ad hoc because I like I need to create passwords sometimes where I'm not using I don't want to use my password manager so I wind up going to like xkpassword.net or uh you know there's there's actually TN Papa in uh in response to our discussion about this in 962 recommended a utility called uh PSWD a password generator for iOS and macOS so we'll put a link to that in the show notes. That's uh, that's definitely a cool stuff found, but um, I, yeah, I don't like. I do, I would love to know how to how to like invoke Apple's password uh, assistant at any point in time, but I don't know how to do that. So, and it might not be doable. Like it might only be on those yeah. new password fields. So, and
2: I just looked. I thought one password had a. Password generator within it. And if it was there, I'm certain it was. It doesn't appear to be simply yeah.
0: there now. So.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm, I don't know. Frustrating. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, there is one. Wait, you're saying you're not finding one in one password? Not finding one. I'm sure it's there. Oh, it's there.
2: And I know, it's, but I just don't yeah, know how yeah, to yeah, uh, yeah, get yeah. it to quick. There used to be, you know, a tab or a button at the top. You could say generate a password and it would come up with. But I'm not seeing that anymore.
0: That's a really oh. good question Pete,
1: because yeah. i'm like LastPass I'm, definitely does yeah. that in the and it gives you similar options it's like you know do you want to use you know letters numbers characters the the length of it um similar to apples yeah but um, now
2: if i create you know create a new item a new login or something like that and yeah. i go to the password window i can click on create a new password it'll do it there but there used to be a button i'm certain at the top of the on the toolbar of one password to create a password.
0: Yeah. And I'm not seeing
2: that. I'm anymore. looking
0: in 1Password8. It's definitely not in the toolbar icon. You're right yeah. about that. Yeah. And I'm looking in like the menu list in the, in mm. the app proper, yeah. and it's
2: not there either. If you go to create a new login log and you go oh. to the password window, yeah, it's boom, there. it's right there. It offers. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's the workaround, I guess. But huh. I don't know. I just. I tend not to use those anyway. I have my main uh, password to get into 1Password is a randomly generated password like that that I have long since memorized. Other than that, I tend to be a padder. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I pad with pads.
0: Pete, I lost you for a second. That was my fault, oh. not yours. No, that, oh, that whole issue with aggregate devices and core audio occasionally strikes. There, there you and, go. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is interesting. Well, I mean, we have, we have the... Uh, we have the tool. We have the PSWD tool. So that's gonna yeah. be our that's gonna be our friend there. I use I use XK password, password okay. which is a great utility for a, a web utility for, for generating passwords. So that's that's what I use. I'll put a link to that in uh in the show notes because uh, it's super handy. But um but yeah, other than that, I, I got I got nothing. And You know what else I got is that um, I got the band. I got to bring GoFigure. Oh, those guys. Are they back already? Back already.
2: We're here. Yeah, we've only been going an hour and 13. Come on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're going an hour and 13, but we squeezed this in uh, between all sorts of uh, appointments and travel and all of that. Off to to Italy? Off to Italy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Should be off to the Dolomites. It's not going to be warm. It's going to be cold Don't there. It is you know. indeed. Yeah, but I'm told it's beautiful, and I'm looking forward to getting the family together. So it's good. Yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Thanks for sending in all your tips. I know I I I didn't just lie about um, testing positive for COVID. Of course, that wasn't an intentional lie, and neither was my <laughs> one about promising cool stuff found in this episode. Technically, we did get one cool stuff found in with that password generator app. However, we promised some from CES. We've got lots in the queue, folks. So uh, as soon as I'm back from Italy on the 30th of January, which for those of you listening when this is released is simply on Monday uh, as normal, we will do plenty of cool stuff found, partially because we have lots in the queue and partially because I'm going to be traveling And one of us in the group here answers more questions than the others. And so I'm guessing that the questions won't have been answered by the time I come back. I'm just saying things. That's all. I don't know what I'm saying. I was so much younger then. I'm older than that now. All right. Uh... That's the old
2: Mitch Hedberg joke, right? That's a picture of me when I was younger. Well, of course it was. (laughs) (laughs) No such thing as a picture of you when you were older. This is is
0: true. (laughs) This is true. That is a picture of me when I was younger. This is a video of me when I was younger, if you're watching the video. Uh, Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Make sure to check out Pete's show. So there I was. Make sure to say thank you to the folks at Cashfly because they provide all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Make sure to say thank you to all of our sponsors. You can see them at mattgeekup.com slash sponsors. You can also check out the ones that we mentioned in this show. Of course, factormeals.com slash mgg60, collide.com slash mgg, wildgrain.com slash mgg. Have a good one, folks. Pete, what's your shirt say?
2: Well, it's advice for you on your way to Italy. Gonna be out there in the Dolomites. Gonna be cold. Yep. Whatever else you do, don't get caught. That's good advice.
0: Made on a
2: Mac.
0: Later.